Hello, and welcome to Seriously Pointless Conversations About Culture, the podcast where myself and a few of my friends get together and discuss nerdy things. Just a reminder, if you like what you're listening to, please subscribe to Seriously Pointless Conversations' YouTube channel, or you can find us on your favorite podcasting apps. Thank you for your support. Without you, none of this would be possible. Thanks for coming by. Now let's get into the episode. Hi, welcome to Seriously Pointless Conversations About Culture, your nerdy and geek culture podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about My Neighbor Totoro. With me today is my co-host, Jackie. How are you doing today? Wonderful. Good morning. Good morning. It's more of an afternoon, really, yeah. still, but it's all good. We're a little we're a little uh, tired today, guys. This has been a little rough day, but uh, we're going to hit it hard for you guys today. Um, we're finally getting into the Miyazaki series a little bit, and we've decided to, on Jackie's recommendation to start with, My Neighbor Totoro, uh, which is, I'm assuming, one of your favorite Miyazaki films. It is my films. favorite film, and the Japanese title is Tonari no Totoro. I will take your word for it, because I'm going to, I was, like I said, with everything, I, I botch so many foreign languages up, sign funny, but especially Japanese. Japanese is one of those hard languages to really get down right, but anyways, a little bit more of that. Um, anyways, uh, like I said, we're today we're going to be doing My Neighbor Totoro. Um, it is one of the biggest animated films ever to come out of Japan, um, and we're just going to start with a little brief history, and then we're going to get into uh, how we feel about it, and a quick synopsis of it, and hopefully make you guys, if you haven't seen it, if you're hiding under rocks somewhere, go go out and we'll watch it. Um, so starting off, this was Studio uh, Ghibli's second slash third release. It was kind of a weird thing. Um, you, it was originally released in April six on April sixteenth to nineteen eighty eight. Um, it was the same year as The Grave of Fireflies, which is actually the second slash third film. I guess you would put. I don't know. They were. They were supposed to dual release because it was that part of a release deal. They originally weren't going to make Grave of Fireflies, but it was kind of part of that deal, I believe. They said that uh, we want if you're going to make if you're going to make this film, we want you to make another film that's kind of like kind of about this storyline, which I guess always is kind of why. Have you ever seen Grave of Fireflies? Yes, and you couldn't have two more different films I, know, right? I mean other than the fact that they're both animated and they come from japan and the style you is you can kind of tell it was the one animation of those, is similar but it's yeah you can kind I of mean, tell that it's very much cry, like this isn't like studio ghibli's like narration almost like how like it's definitely their style and their animation but it's definitely like Hey, this is a more adult-oriented film about like death and dying, the war, and the, the aftermath. War. It's of the, very much, and they definitely put their the put their put their stamp on it. But it's definitely a huge departure from My Neighbor uh, which is very innocent. Yes, is the way I'd put it. And was Grave of the Fireflies that was released by Studio Ghibli? Yep. I never realized that. That was I didn't the same. Research that, that was the same folks. They did it. It was just a different director. Yeah, I was gonna say it definitely wasn't Miyazaki. No, no, no. I don't think. I think. I don't know the whole story behind it, but I don't know if they brought in the production company, not the production company, 
the distribution company basically brought in their own director and put him in with to work with Studio Ghibli or not to uh, make Grave of the Fireflies and direct it, or if it was they chose somebody in house to do that because, like I said, it's a totally different like style than anything that else has covered. They like, come out of Studio Ghibli, even um, Legends of Earthsea, which is uh, Miyazaki's son's film. Mm-hmm. It still has a little bit of that quality of City Ghibli in it. Still. Yeah, Grave of the Fireflies, I feel like, could easily be live action. It it feels like a live action film, and it, um, it's very good. It's just insanely depressing. Oh yeah, absolutely. But we're not going to get into that right now. Yeah, we might, I'd say we let's might... not do a downer. Well, yeah, we're not gonna, well, we might do that at a later date, um, and just because it is a Studio Ghibli uh, film, but we're going to really focus on My Name is Totoro right now. Uh, so it was originally going to be released in the mid mid early to mid-80s, um, but the original distribution company that they were working with, uh, it fell through. Um, so that's why it ended up getting closer to uh, 1990s. So this is actually Miyazaki's... Second film, I believe he did with Studio Ghibli. Um, I'm trying to remember. Um, was Nausicaa the first? I believe Nausicaa and the Valley of the Wind was his first one. Castle then, in the Sky was... That's right. I'm sorry. I apologize. So he did do... Um, let me look real quick. I'm trying to make sure. I just want to get it right <laughs> before I start spewing out it. bad things. Um, inaccurate information. Yes, I believe it was, it goes, um, Nausicaa and the Valley of the Wind, which I believe came in in 85, I believe. Let me look. Either 85 or, there was something in 87. Um, maybe it was 83. I used to remember a lot more about that. So it was, it actually goes, um... Uh, it says his first Studio Ghibli's first film was uh, Loop Tamina, which is Castle in the Sky. That's the first film La they ever Puta. made. La Puta. Uh, which is 86. And then they do um, My Neighbor Totoro, actually. Which is, but wow, I didn't think it was... Is that right? That just seems... I don't know if that's correct or not. That seems just seems odd. Do maybe, you pause maybe it here? was. Do no, you it's okay. Um... So it looks like he actually made a film. Nausicaa was the first film he ever made. Mm-hmm. Okay, so but that's I don't right. Know that's right. That it was through Ghibli. But it wasn't through Ghibli. So he hadn't established that yet. Yeah, that's what it was. He had done Lupin the Third, Castle of Cali- Cagliostro, 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 something. Yeah. But that was that was all pre-Ghibli. Really, yeah. I should be saying. Oh, okay, G- sorry. Ghibli. The so whatever let's let's that would be a whole mind. other thing about uh, Miyazaki on his own. So it looks like here that he whenever he first broke off on his own, he made Anne of the Green Gables in seventy nine, and then Castle of Cagliostro, Cagliostro in seventy nine, which is Loop on the Third, which is a popular anime series out in Japan, um, and then he came out with. Um, Nausicaa in the Valley of Wind, which is his, is his third big one. And then I guess that's what kind of pushed him forward and kind of gave him notoriety. notoriety. Um, um, you mean, it was a big... notoriety is like a negative thing. You Not like really. good, f- they gave him uh, attention or fame. Notoriety I don't know. I just don't like thing. to say anything negative about Miyazaki because he's my hero. Well, notoriety is not a bad thing. <laughs> Infamy well, would be bad. That's true. 
notoriety is not a bad thing because it, it basically it's basically you're getting noticed. That's all it is. That's all it means. Hmm. Okay. I always attached a negative connotation to that, but anyway. no, anyways. So he whenever he made that 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 uh, last film, uh, Nelson on the Valley Wind, which is when I guess they formed uh, Ghibli. S- Studio Ghibli, which is they made uh, their first film, which is Lapida, and then. They made uh, the duo release of My Name is Toro and um, Grave of the Fireflies. Um, so anyways, kind of getting to it, it looks like... So whenever they released this, I don't think they really understood the, the, the big and commercial success that they had on their hands at the time. Because um, they're looking at it and they're thinking, oh, it's just going to be... Just like any artist doesn't think, you know, that this is going to be a big breakthrough. It's thing. just they a just, kid's film. They just they pour their heart into it and, they, and it's, it's anything... And just so happened that this really connected with Japanese audiences before it came over to the U.S. even, and the world, before it was distributed worldwide. It was so big. Um, so just kind of put this in perspective, when it was initially released, um, they it took probably, I, I would say, like I said, so it looks like here it's almost four, five years before it was released worldwide. Probably, I think, because that's that was when they I did. I just know that they did the English dub in. Um, oh, what did I think I wrote it on there? But like the English dub came in out in 1989, so they actually got the English dub off, like off the ground pretty soon, and then like on like VHS format, selling it like by '93. So I mean, as far so as still, worldwide, probably in that time frame. So you probably saturated wasn't saturated in, in into the world until about ninety three, really. And so that's when you really see the explosion outside of Japan, because um, it was a commercial hit in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really wasn't seen like a lot of things in the late eighties, early nineties. We were really starting to like the world was really starting to globalize, and it really wasn't things weren't moving around as much. It wasn't as easy to. Get foreign films. You all you usually had to uh, pay for them, or you had to buy buy them uh, online. Or if if you could get them online, you had to send a mail order. If you mm-hmm. guys, for you younger guys, if you're watching this, yeah, we had a list, we had to send out like pieces of mail to order things all the times, or get them through our catalog or things like that. Yeah, I saw but, those in magazines. I don't think we ever did anything like that. It was just so. Anyways, it, it's it, so obviously it was hard for the uh, market to get saturated um, at the time, which is kind of what I think what hampered the film at first. And it just takes time. It just took a lot of time to saturate the market and get out into the world. Um, and so it wasn't immediately a huge success out in the world. Um, I think what really projected it out. Uh, was whenever Disney got a hold of it because Disney is just I understand a juggernaut. They're just a juggernaut. They're a machine, uh, and so that was probably like 2004 when they really it got outside of a niche market with like anime audiences, and it was really pushed out into the the forefront. And it was just they just it's basically like a shotgun. Well, that was when did. Disney started redubbing all the Ghibli movies yeah. and really marketing them. I think they did Kiki's del- Delivery Service like a couple years before that, mm-hmm. but they started like they realized how big of a hit it could be, oh, absolutely, and how there was already I think a pretty big audience 
for Ghibli films here, mm-hmm. and they it was wanted... more underground, really yeah. kind of niche. Just like a lot of things that have happened in the last like ten or so years, you know, it's kind of like comic books. It wasn't really mainstream then. Now anime is is fairly mainstream. Um, it's kind of like adult cartoons almost. Mm-hmm. You know, people they've accepted it. It's not weird. It's not. It's not like oh, it's what the dude in the guy in his mom's basement watches anymore. <laughs> it, it's it's something that you can enjoy, and it's an art form, is what it is. Yeah, it, it's not weird or creepy well, anymore. Things like Pokemon helped with that. The popularity oh, of shows like that. The 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 child a lot of the childlike ones are the ones that are geared towards kids, where mm-hmm. they don't have adult themes and things like that. They really made it easily accessible for parents to say, okay, this isn't it's just weird looking or. It just—it's not my cup of tea, but my kid seems to like it. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna let him watch it, even well, though it's just some little furry little creature bouncing around. No, a lot of those parents, like our age or like slightly older, slightly younger, grew up watching things like oh, that. Yeah. Like we so, grew up watching Dragon Ball Z. I, exactly. And so I remember wa- going over to my one of my uncle's house, my uncle Uncle Craig. I remember um, whenever he were whenever he was living by himself here in Cape. I was younger. I was probably like nine or ten. I remember going over to spend the day with him. And whenever I went over there, he had, I believe it was, remember watching Vampire Hunter D? Vampire Hunter D, yeah. Yeah, he had, he was playing that, and I remember watching that, and I'm just like, what is, what is this? And he was kind of into anime a little bit. That's a cult. That's a cult classic. That's a good one. But the thing is, he was like, kind of that wave where they started getting things in like VHSs and Mm -hmm. things like that. And you could find them in little niche places like video stores, blockbusters, things like that. And you really kind of started to see that wave of Japanese animation coming over into the U.S. And it got picked up a lot of steam. It was starting to pick up steam there, but it was still kind of niche Mm -hmm. at the time. But anyways, so... Um, Back I to was, Totoro. Uh, no, it's okay. After after it's kind of saturated the market, which is really why um, it really picked off. And so if you look at um, the total revenue just from my neighborhood Totoro, I'm talking like uh, box, office, box office sales, DVD sales, and merchandise, you're talking about $1.4 billion dollars. And that was back in 2017. That was the last recorded record uh, figure that they had. So that's an insane amount of money from one specific property for such a small studio. And I think that's what really funded their the, the, the lifetime of movies that they've made, mm-hmm. honestly. And Totoro's their mascot. I mean, exactly. he's on like all the Ghibli and I think, the I think this, well, the thing is, it's, it's a dual the thing. Blue. It's because I think it's so near and dear to uh, Miyazaki's heart. And also the simple fact that it was such a hit. They're like, it's, it's, it's almost a Japanese way of saying thank you to an idea. And that's something that you don't see a lot in the U.S. culture. It's more of like, a, I'm the person that made this. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the figure that made this. And that's, I'm going to slap my face on this. Japanese people, they don't really do that. They do it a little bit, but they obviously, they recognize more of a... The creative idea of it. it's kind of like with Nintendo, um, they 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 thank the creative um, uh, uh, genius behind the guy that made Mario. I cannot remember his name for the life of me, and that's okay. I'll think about it later. But they say they they almost hold it up with a sense of reverence, almost. 
and say thank you for providing for us kind of thing. It's it's more of a creative idea, which is kind of an interesting concept. Um, well, I guess originally, like, Walt Disney and Mickey Mouse. I mean, Mickey Mouse is still the, like, the poster boy oh, for Disney. So, I mean, absolutely. other cultures do that, too, and just but to varying I, degrees. A different kind of degree. I don't I know think. as much. I've never been to Japan, and I don't know a lot of Japanese people well, so I couldn't speak to that. I just know what I've seen and what I've observed, but... Yeah, I would agree in a way. Totoro, Ghibli, yep, beautiful thing. I'll stop interrupting you. Continue <laughs> no, on. Okay. I want to hear more about really, the history. You seem a little tired, but um, just to put it into perspective, so um, you, you kind of put a footnote in here. There's really interesting idea. So I'll, whatever, kind of going back to the dubs and things like that. Uh, oh, they I can re-dub. talk about that. I know you did. You can. Do you want so, me to tell you about it? Because sure, I was really me. upset me, about that. Tell me about it. I know you're, it's, it's kind of one of well, the things. It doesn't really bother you because I had never seen these films when I was younger, so I don't have the old emotional attachment that you do. Yeah. Um, well, and I, we'll we'll get to the synopsis of what happens in the, in the film for, I guess, the poor people that don't even know what we're talking about. But, um, yeah, the originally My Neighbor Totoro was dubbed by Searchlight Pictures, mm-hmm. which, I you know, that's Fox Pictures became that. It was a sub, um, I think it's a, it's a sub yeah. company. What, originally what I read online was it was in 1989, so like the year after. They had already dubbed it with an English cast, the English dub. They were showing it on airplanes. And then by 1993, it became part of Fox Properties. And then they were releasing it on VHS. And that's how I saw it. It actually came from the library our public library, and my Support mom got your it. your local libraries. Yes, amen. Um, that's where I saw a lot of wonderful films as a child because my mom would take us there, and she got that one. I think just the cover looked interesting. She didn't know anything about it. I was really little, maybe like five. I don't... It was before I was in right. school, and I watched it, my brother, my mom, and I, and we all loved it, like... It just, it was amazing. And that, anyway, that dub, the English dub is the one I grew up with. And we watched that movie over and over and over again. Loved it. Um, But from what I was reading, actually a really good article online, and I forget the author's name, but I think his first name is Ben. And he talked about a tale of two Totoros Mm -hmm. and how now basically the only version you can get is the Disney one that was redubbed in 2004 and they cast big names like Dakota and Elle Fanning, and I absolutely hate it. Um, and I think he mentioned to the author that he didn't like it much either. Um, I don't have anything personally against those actors. It Talk just about the author of the, the article. Of uh, the article, okay. yes. And it, it just, I grew up watching the Fox version, and I know you actually bought me the DVD, Disney one. Um, yeah. It's been a while ago, but I tried to watch it in English once, and it just I'm sure the you nostalgic can find value is gone. I bet you can find it. Well, around here's the on, thing. Like, YouTube and things no, like that. <laughs> here's the thing. After Fox lost the rights to it, because you know it's like a certain time frame. I believe it was, I think by 2002 they had their rights um, like expired yeah, it's to the, the property yeah. and Disney took it over. Disney bought it. And so now, um, according to the article, and I believe this, it's extremely difficult to find versions of the original Fox dub. And 
Um, he said on eBay they go for prices upwards of $200. That's what's going on here, yeah. And <laughs> it's just kind of sad. We, in my mom's uh, cabinet, I'm pretty sure we still have the old VHS tape that she illegally recorded from the library, which <laughs> if anybody knows how to do that, um, I guess I probably shouldn't be saying that, but it's just insane. Get two, like, VH- VCRs set up, and she... <laughs> She illegally recorded from See, that's the, what the library copy. We did, we did pirate. That's the thing. Is like back in the day, people pirated stuff all well, the time. And I like remember that. my mom saying, "Like, well, we love this movie so much. I'm going to like we're here. I'm going to record it for us." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, okay, cool. What are you doing?" Because <laughs> I just noticed it's like two VCRs set up and yeah. like one TV, and it's like so running. My dad and would it's do like, stuff like okay, that too. He would whatever. Like, have you ever like it? Like they would record things on like from a television. Like they record the TV on a VHS. Oh yeah, she like, do TV that all the time. For, like TV movies, and then like you'd have the commercials in the minute. If you guys ever want to see like time capsules. Go to your parents' houses, and I guarantee you some of them have got these these VHSs in places where they've recorded, like, made-for-TV movies or TV or movies that were put yeah. on TV. And the commercials in there are phenomenal. It's just it's just a time capsule. Uh, but anyways, but yeah, that, that's kind of going into that. That's, that's kind of how you have to... Uh, the, sometimes that's the only way to preserve those kinds of films mm-hmm. because a lot of times... Uh, if if you're going to uh, whenever one company comes over and takes all the rights, it's kind of like whenever Marvel is is trying to take over the uh, Sony property of like Spider Man. Oh yeah. I mean, but they still Sony still owns the rights to uh, the films and Spider Man things like that. But they're working in collaboration because they know they don't want to give it up. Because once they give it up. Disney will come in and they will just change things. Oh yeah, do whatever. And, and a lot want. of big companies will do that. And unfortunately, they they grab big names as opposed to these smaller names of actors that are just trying to find work. And they they love this property and they pour their heart and soul into it as opposed to these kids or these other they're actors. Celebrities. They're celebrities. They hold status. Well, and that's what, that's it, what they're um, trying to drag into it. The one, I guess. Just it was very very passionate. The one I grew up watching, the Fox dub version, yeah. and like the version, the two thousand four dub. I just don't. I mean, now with technology, I just put it in Japanese, and there's nothing wrong with that. I don't have a problem with subtitles, so now I just watch it only in Japanese, and that's okay too. I mean, I just, I'm kind of a purist like if that. I, I have think to, that you have to you have to watch stuff. It's like it's kind of like if you're able, if you're not dyslexic or something, or yeah. if, if you can read the subtitles and keep up. Maybe I think when that's I get older, fine. I'll probably start doing yeah. like dubs because I can't read very well. Mm. But we'll see. But um, but or yeah, just that's... learn Japanese like I plan to do. I mean, that works too. The overachiever. Anyway, continue on. Do, do you want to tell the people what the, actually happens in the story? No, absolutely. So, um, a little bit. I'll do a little bit. Of actually, of when I first saw it. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Was actually with you. Actually, really. I, I've never. I'd never seen it before. Did we watch the VHS version, the Fox dub, or are you talking about? Did we watch? No, the... it was the DVD. Oh, did we watch it in English? No, we watched in Japanese. Oh, because, thank God, cause... because that's what I remember. That's that's. Oh, I made you stop it because I was like, I can't stand this. Because I remember Dakota I bought it for fanning. you. It was for Ugh. it was was it for your birthday or it was one of our anniversary? I can't remember what it was, but it was when we were dating at the time, and and I remember 
getting it and we put it in you're thinking it's the original version that, you had <laughs> that I, I grew up we, with yeah i remember you put it in and you made me stop i remember vividly we're sitting in your back in your bedroom and we'd put it in and you're like no we get we can't do this mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and then we ended up watching it in uh japanese with subtitles which yeah, i prefer and it's that, great so. like it just yeah i there's always a place in my heart for you know, it's honestly my favorite animated movie of all time. And so there's always a place in my heart for that, the original dub that I watched growing up. Because we is, watched that so much. So that's the one thing I, I love. That was the one thing I, I loved about um, as our relationship grew. You really kind of, you have such a fondness for these films. And I had never been introduced to them. I had, I kind of knew they were there because all my friends were in anime. And I kind of liked anime, and I liked like uh, Full Metal Alchemist and things like that. But I had never really gotten into Miyazaki films, well, and I didn't yeah. understand the quality, well, and, and, and and the the grand scope, and also, but at the same time, the how he can take something so minuscule as a family unit, a very simple scene, and make it mean so much, mm-hmm. which is that's. That's why that's the biggest thing that I ever took out of like any of these movies that you showed me was just his sheer um, artistry mm-hmm. and how he was able to do that kind of stuff. Well, you know, he he's a fascinating person, but he talks about how he doesn't like a lot of Japanese anime because of yeah. how exaggerated, like you know, the nosebleeds and the like, the screaming and just yeah. how somebody will like their face will completely change, and he. He never does any of that in his no. films at all because it's, he's like, it's not realistic and it's not, it's just interesting. His films, I feel like, could be live action. I would never want them to be because I love his animation. As long as but he they lives. could be because. As, as long as he's alive or his anybody or his wife is alive, it'll never happen. They'll never make live action versions. I hope so. Don't talk about it. Knock on wood. We don't want that to happen. (laughs) But anyways, we've been kind of gushing over it a little bit. So obviously you guys are like, what is this even about? Um, Some people know and good for them. A lot of people know, but those that don't tell them. We'll do a short little synopsis about the the film. Um, And I don't want to go too much into it because I don't want to ruin a lot of it. Because if you have not seen this, obviously... This is one of my favorite films, but it is not my favorite film that he's done. Uh, I can get into that a little bit later, but um, I want you to enjoy this as much as we have. So the brief synopsis is um, synopsis is that uh, this is the story of Satsuki, who is the uh, oldest daughter. I believe she's probably what around she's eight like or nine. twelve. Okay, I was gonna say a little bit younger than that, but that's fine. Um, she travels to a house in a rural part of Japan, which during this time frame, you're going to be setting it as around, so eight, late 80s, early 90s. Japan has... Mm, it's... This is supposed to be more like in Miyazaki's. It's like a reflection of his childhood. It's the time period they don't really... They don't really specify. No, I mean, I feel like it could be... Well, I guess it would be probably... 60s. No, I, would, I wouldn't put it that way. So what everyone I've, 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 everywhere I've read, they would put it more of like in the 80s. Because mm-hmm. um, around this time, it's just before, like in early 80s, late, or early 80s to late 80s, is whenever they have a, like a huge, the rural communities have a really big 
urban, um, sorry, the rural communities of Japan have a big increase in like people moving out from the cities into the rural areas. So they're kind of moving out. Because if you like their schoolhouse and like the way things look in the schoolhouse and the lack of electricity, everything's very traditional. That's why I always thought it was a little older. So let me go over the synopsis real quick and then we can kind of dig into this. I know. No, it's okay. No, it's okay. (laughs) I just really care. I really care about this movie. No, I get it. So, um, so anyways, so they move out into the rural uh, part of a rural part of Japan, um, and the reason they go there is because their mother has uh, tuberculosis or TB. And this is something the doctor recommends them do. Um, and while they're out there, mom is going back. And I believe she she has to stay in the hospital, hospital. like the whole time. It's a nearby hospital. Um, well, I say nearby. It's for, not really nearby. Nearby they for have them. To, it's like a. It's like an hour or two away. I believe it I is. Have, I just know it's a long way because they have to bike and walk, and it takes a very long time yeah. to get there. But it, it should be noted that. Um, like you were saying earlier, this is very similar to Miyazaki's childhood. Because That's his, why yeah, cause his he mom, did it. Yeah, because his mom actually had spinal tuberculosis, um, which they actually moved to Japan, for a rural Japan, for a, a short amount of time. Um, but anyways, the so after the, so it, it involves a father, uh, Satsuki, and uh, her younger sister, Mei. Mm-hmm. So I don't actually know the dad's name. I think they only ever call him. I'm sure he's got a name, but I, I always call him just the dad. I forget his name. <laughs> he's a good dad. All the characters are lovely. Um, but yeah, it's Satsuki, Mei, and their father, and then their neighbors. Um, yeah, I'd have to look it up. But anyways, um, so once they move, his name is Tatsuo. Tatsuo, yeah. Tatsuo, yeah. So that's interesting. Okay, and I actually have here's a whole list. So of all, I can actually do. I can actually tell you who the uh, voice actors are from the um, uh, streamline. The Fox dub. You the mean Fox the Searchlight. Dub. Yeah, Searchlight, Streamline. That's what was it's it called. Stream? Oh, Streamline Pictures or Searchlight Pictures? I, you're it's right. A, it was streamline. It's a streamline. Yeah, I messed that up before. Searchlight okay. is different. Yeah, it's two different ones. I was just like, I don't know. We can talk voice actors later. Continue. What happens? So they're in rural Japan. So once they move to rural Japan, uh, they're surrounded by, obviously, lots of dense forest and vegetation. Vegetation. uh, Nut. (laughs) Anyways, I thought I mispronounced something. That's okay. Um, So they move there, and obviously their dad is kind of consumed about trying to take care of them and making sure the mom's okay and there's a lot of times where the dad is is working and he can't really pay attention to these girls and so they kind of go off and start to explore on their own Mm -hmm. and as they do that um they they start to explore the forest and during these during this uh exploration they meet um two smaller spirits which you don't really get their names i don't really believe they're no, uh, they're just little Totoros. Yeah, and then you find obviously the, the the iconic one who's enormous, and he's got uh, he's gray outline, big fluffy ears, big mouth, big white belly. Yeah, um, that is actually Totoro. Mm-hmm. So, and these these spirits at first they're kind of afraid of them, and then they're like, oh, they're really kind of friendly, and they start to like have adventures, and they go on. Uh, I guess I guess you would call it very childlike adventures. 
they're very they're not there's no real point to them other than it's just exploration it's more of an exploration kind of thing and so as they go on these adventures they meet a few other spirits kind little of like soot uh, sprites. little soot sprites uh the cat bus which is another big cat, iconic cat one is which is bizarre it looks like a ca- caterpillar cat yeah, with, he has multiple legs. With a bus on its back. It's, it's, no, he is, like, his whole he, body he is, is a the bus. bus. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's like, the compartment for the bus is, is, like, in his back, but it's, like, sprout. It's weird. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, um, and you never really know, like, the way it is. It's so, it's so, like, magical fantasy, but you never really know, is this really happening, or are they just imagining it? And I think that's the beauty of it. That Exactly. And like with every kid. I mean, because you try to remember whenever you tried to play Imagination. I always call it a play in Imagination. But you always kind of imagine playing Imagination. It's just like, what what is really going through your, your mind? It's like, do you... You can never really tell what's going through a kid's mind, even though you know, like they'll tell you what they're what they're playing. You're just like, I have no idea what you're talking about. It makes no sense what you're saying. Like it's almost like, at a certain point in your life, you kind of forget how to do that. And mm-hmm. it's 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 a really interesting. So it's really interesting to watch this as opposed to being a kid. You're just like, man, like you're like, oh, what would what's going through their mind? Like like you said, is is it is this real? Are these spirits actually coming to befriend them in their time of need, or mm-hmm. is it? Just more of a flight of fancy, yeah. essentially. Well, and they're, you mentioned their dad. I don't... Their dad is wonderful. He's never, like... I never remember him being real stressed or upset looking, like, concerned during the whole movie. Well, he's not really. He does he's... definitely doesn't show it, but I think it was a different time period, too, that kids were expected to entertain themselves yeah. because he works from home a lot of the time, and he is... Like, I remember Satsuki goes to school, but May is staying at home, and she keeps running up and putting little flowers on his desk while he's working, Um, and then she eventually goes off, and they call it, in the English dub, the camphor tree, Um, Hmm. the giant, giant tree, that huge one. Which is where Totoro and the two spirits Yeah, that's where Totoro lives, um... But the, like, May, I think May is the first one who goes off by herself, and she, yeah, she's the one that discovers Totoro, and my favorite, one of my favorite parts when she crawls up on his stomach, and he's Mm -hmm. sleeping, and she wakes him up, Mm -hmm. and just, like, yeah, she tickles his nose, and then he looks at her, and he makes this huge roar, like, And then she just roars back just as loud and his eyes get huge. Like he's just shocked and then he smiles and then they like cuddle and it's just so, it's just precious. It's I mean, very it's sweet. literally like a five minute scene of them just doing that. Well, and it's just, it's beautiful and she's tired and she just like snuggles down on his stomach and sleeps and he just kind of looks at her and I think then he goes back to sleep mm-hmm. and she eventually wakes up and she's just... She's not, because she runs all the way to, like, the base of the camphor tree, and that's where she falls through this little, like, pit and ends up, like, with Totoro. And then when she wakes up, she's just, like, on the dusty ground and, like, further away from the tree, like, what happened? It's like, did he pick him up? Did he bring her out there? Yeah. It's just, like, you always have these kind of, like, thoughts of, like, like you always said, it's always kind of, Mm but he has that fine line of, like, is it real? Yeah, and Satsuki doesn't meet Totoro until the umbrella scene in the rain when they're waiting for their dad. Um, When uh, that, just so many beautiful scenes. She gives him the umbrella, and Totoro is just 
Like, because he's wearing a leaf on his head. And it's like, well, that's not very effective. And then when he hears the drops on the umbrella, he it's, loves them. He's, he's like, like, what like, is oh. this? It's, yeah, it's so many good scenes, but I guess we don't want to ruin that. Well, it's a very childlike mm-hmm. kind of reaction, is it not? It is, yeah, the way he reacts to things. Um, and then there's the dream scene, too, where they come at night. And Just so, going to spoil the whole film. Yeah, for no, that, uh, <laughs> I could, but no, I won't. I, do you want to mention at the end when it does get dramatic, like it does at the end get dramatic How whenever... How you, you explain it? Well, May, um, they get a postcard or a telegram about their mom at the hospital and says she's sicker. Mm-hmm. And it's really not, it's not as dramatic as they make it sound like, but they don't know that. They think that their mom is dying and their dad is at work um, in the city so it's just them with their neighbor. Um, they call they just call her Granny, but she's like this kind of scary looking old woman who's really sweet. Um, but they're out picking vegetables and they get that telegram and May decides she is going to take this ear of corn to um, her mom because it's going to make her better. And May is only, I mean, May is, she's not in school yet. So she's like three or four. She's very little and she just doesn't get it. And in her childlike mind, it's, she ends up like running off to try and get to her mom. But like we said, the hospital is so, it's far enough away that it's very dangerous for a little girl to go off like that. And they don't realize that she runs away until it's slightly after and Satsuki is very upset, takes it upon herself. Like, I, you know, I made her run away because she yelled at her. Like, don't be stupid. Don't, you can't go by yourself to mom, blah, blah, blah. But then the whole, like, village, everybody's out looking for May, and they're, they're looking through the water, like, in the ponds. Like, did she drown? And they find a little shoe, and it's like, oh, my gosh, is it hers? Is it hers? And Satsuki's running around looking everywhere and she sees when she gets there they found the shoe and she's like no it's not hers and it's like oh my gosh it's huge relief and that's eventually where they meet the cat bus i think the cat bus comes up to setsuki and then they find may and then they get to go see their mom through the bus and And it's just they find out that it's not as bad as they thought it was yeah and they like with everything that a child Mm-hmm. They make it sound like their mom is dying, and yeah. when well, they well, it's like well, it's like everything that a child uh, deals with. It's always it's 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 kind of so like dramatic. it's kind of like our little guy this morning. Everything is just like ten times more. <laughs> it's always like to an eleven, as opposed to like you know. Yeah, you know I me. Mean? You stub your toe. Oh, he stubs his toe. It's like to a ten. It's like mm-hmm. the worst thing in the world because they don't know how. That's how they react. They always think mm-hmm. it's the worst possible thing that's going on that time, no matter what it is. And it, to have that just raw emotion, I guess, is very childlike. And, and that's, I think that like I keep saying that, but it's it is true. That's how kids react to things. And that's one thing I like about the movie so much is kind of like you mentioned, so many beautiful, simple scenes. Where with the fantasy worked in, it's just beautiful. But there's so many just quiet scenes. There's so many family scenes, things of them with their dad, just like them really with no their dialogue. Neighbors. It's just them yeah, interacting just, with each other. And I did read that Miyazaki, he, because it's he and his little brother, he thought about making the film with boys. 
but I guess he maybe he didn't but he said that he couldn't have made the film with two boys instead of two girls because it was too emotional for him because that. that was it's basically like his childhood I mean, so you it, have to wonder it is. like I bet this is these are things that he imagined when he was a kid growing up I would think so and it just I think that's why it resonates with so many people because we've all had imaginings like that we've all been small children and we can oh, yeah. remember parts of it and i think oh we all definitely played imagination that's why it, yeah. yeah that's why it resonates with me so much because it reminds me of my childhood and it's just like it's beautiful and i mean i'm a big fan of 2d animation so the watercolor backgrounds i mean part of the movie you I can just sit l- and i would love to see how many hours they the put background. into making this this movie it would just be Insane to look. Let me look and see. It's I don't know. beautiful. I, I don't know, honestly. It's just but, beautiful. But you can imagine it between, I guess, when they tried to pre originally release it. I mean, so you have an extra how many more years to perfect it. So originally it was they tried to release it in early 80s mm-hmm. and then almost the late 80s. So that's a lot of extra time to perfect it and make it better. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he had a lot of time to work on it, which Miyazaki is not known for his his speed and kicking out things no. which well, is fine do you know that he says he can't draw people he doesn't like how he draws people and it's just it's Could have fooled me like as an artist i can understand I that because yeah. i don't often like a lot of things that i do mm-hmm. and other people say oh it's beautiful and it's like Ugh. but i think that's part of the just critiquing yourself wanting to be better but i mean i think his films I just can't get enough of them. It's it's just like a different world. It's not that you want to constantly escape your own world, but these films, if you do need to, are a perfect escape. That's an absolutely When you need a break <laughs> from no, things like pandemics and such. So like, I guess obviously to wrap it up a little bit on on the stonopsis, but um, like you were kind of say after they they find out the mom's okay, um, the uh, once their mom kind of gets a little better. And they kind of get reunited because the whole during the whole film, you can kind of tell, like you said, there there is that kind of sense of what is a family? What what do they do if mom doesn't come back? You know, well, like what do they what do they do? And they kind of have that thought of like you can kind of tell it's in the back of the dad's mind a little bit. He's they like, even talk about it at some point. Yeah. yeah. Which, so whenever she does come back, it's so much more meaningful. When the kids are like, "Yay, mom's back," and you can kind of see a relief in the dad's face. Um, I remember that scene towards like the end you, of the movie. You just like <laughs> ruined it. <laughs> they um, not really. I mean, yeah, it's because... it's a happy ending. This and that's one thing yeah. where life is not always a happy ending. But I do feel like this film is very is a good portrayal of life. But it's just nice that it does have a happy ending because sometimes there are and like. From what I remember, they end with, I mean, since you already kind of said it, Mom doesn't actually come back by the end of the film. It's like in the credits. They have pictures of the girls with Mom, and they're all back together. Which, that's a very Japanese thing, though. Kind of keep keep the film going Mm -hmm. a little bit, and they they fill it. Yeah, they end with, like, because when Satsuki and Mei travel in the cat bus to see their mom... They don't actually physically like see her. They're sitting up in the tree watching her, and they realize, oh my gosh, she's okay, because they're you know outside the hospital window, yeah. which, in a very rural sort of like it's not, it is a hospital, but it's just like a very rural sort of building. So yeah. there's like all these woods around it, and so they're sitting there watching her, and they leave the ear of corn on the, 
the, on the windowsill. The windowsill, yeah, and because yeah. they're watching, their dad has gotten there, and their dad's sitting there talking in the room to their mom, and their mom looks up at the tree and is like, "Oh my gosh!" And dad's like, "What? What happened?" And she's like, "I could have sworn I just saw May and Satsuki sitting there in the tree, but then they're gone." So it but then she you, finds the that's the corn. Thing, so it's like little things like that that make you think. Oh my God! Everything they're dealing, all of everything that the kids it are dealing with, real. it's all real. Because she has the corn, and the corn yeah. has like cut into it in like Japanese characters for mother, and it's like, what? How did that get there? That's really um, cool. But yeah, it's and, and just left up to your own imagination. You know, did it happen? Is this all just them imagining it? And doesn't matter because it's just yeah. beautiful and enjoyable. So. So that's what take it as it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and at the very end, like obviously in the credit scene, you see kind of like the spirits are there; they're mm-hmm. watching over them, yeah. but they're not interacting with the no, kids anymore. No, and that's what it's kind of like. Once mom comes back, they don't really need them. Anymore. They don't really need that anymore um, because that's you know, they're it's kind of like the bit. spirits were there to help through that tough time. Yeah, um, yeah it's it just. It's a very nice window into culture also. That's one thing I love that I watched that growing up because my mom would get a lot of films like that, foreign films. And for me to... We have nothing like that in American culture. Well, for me to come from like a very Anglo-Saxon German background growing up in southeast Missouri, um, for me to get exposed at an early age to other cultures like that, like we... I mean... From the age of four or five, I was watching that film, and it's like, oh, this is in Japan. Okay. And it's like, well, obviously, that doesn't look like Tokyo, but then I know Tokyo is a city, like a big city, but like I see that, okay, people live like this, and it's a little different, but I do some of those things too. And oh, yeah. this is what school likes, school looks like there. Oh, this is kind of the food that they eat there. So I think it's. I mean, it's a perfect children's film, but as an adult, I think adults can really enjoy it. I mean, My just, mom and dad still watch it's it. It's a great film. My mom loves it. It just makes you happy. It's exactly. just a feel-good film. Absolutely. So That's, thank you, Hayao Miyazaki. Thank you so absolutely. much. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, so for let's, sharing that with us. So let's dig a little bit, just a little bit more. Um, so themes. What are some overarching themes that you see in the film? Mm. And then I'll go over mine, and then we, then we can kind okay. of wrap up with. An overall of like how we would how we how we felt about the film. Just okay, <laughs> I feel like I've kind of made that. I can clear. already tell where you're going. Um, I would love to hear you know just I mean, synopsis. I guess overarching themes for me, um, in a sense, like childhood, like the idea of being a child, of mm-hmm. looking at the world through a children's eyes. Um, that for sure, family. And, like, what is a family? Because I would even say that they're neighbors, like the old granny lady and her uh, grandson who come over all the time. And I guess... But you don't really see that that much in today's culture. No, it's... Yeah, it's it's just, like, the the neighbors are really there for them. And um, I think that that's, you know, what makes a family. And even you could consider Totoro and the two smaller spirits and I suppose even the soot sprites. Those are all part of the family as well in their own way um but yeah family childhood oh innocence um you kind of piggyback off that a little yeah, bit i definitely for I sure de- i mean i definitely see a lot of ideas of family and what a family is supposed to be 
and or what they what, what, Mia, what supposed Mia's, to do or what what a family is supposed to do yeah like that's that's for the each other for, for each other that's more the thing mm-hmm. because you can tell like the dad really picks up the slack whenever yeah. mom's not there like he gives the kids baths there's a whole bath scene in there yeah where, and that's a cultural thing that i didn't really know about but the way the bath is the bathroom and they all take a bath together, together in this yeah. huge tub but they're yeah just the scene with them laughing to scare away the sprites is amazing exactly. it's just beautiful and yeah that's why i think such a good dad and that's what the thing is like dad you should, you should have and that's the thing they spend time together and he does as much as he can because at the same time he's trying to uh, he'd like every adult every father every mother every parent in the, in the fact for that they you they have provide. to judge they have to provide but at the same time they want to spend as much time with their kid as possible and it's a hard, it's, a it's, it's hard to balance that. Um, but like I said, it, it, on top, kind of tag along with that, you have that, uh, you have the ideas of like unity, mm-hmm. uh, like what what is the family as a whole, or what is their family as a whole trying to get to, and their whole family is trying to get their family back together essentially. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. what it is. And, it, and it, you have to find out. You kind of see that in there a little bit that it's not going to happen. They can't do anything to make their family whole. That's, yeah, that's the hardest part, too. And I guess that would be the, yeah, patience would be another theme that I see because their mom is at the hospital with the doctor and they can't do anything other than visit her and, you know, talk to her, bring her food. But it's, that's another thing that is hard to accept when you, I think maybe too in our culture as Americans, it's been like drilled into us that you can do something and you should do something but there's a lot of times in life where you i mean honestly you have no control really i mean you control your thoughts well to a degree you control your actions it's a false sense of control yeah and i feel like that's a cultural thing that we have as united states ians sorry i hate saying americans because there's like I mean, we are Americans. Citizens of the United States. That, yes. There you go. Yes. That's the word you're looking for. Because people like in Mexico are Americans also because they're in North America. But anyway, it's beside the point. But yeah, I think that that's one, one thing in the movie you mentioned. They have to wait. They can't do anything to help their mom. And it's just like that's such a hard thing to accept. And like you said, whenever they get that letter and saying their mom's getting, gotten worse... They mm-hmm. feel like they can rush to the hospital and they can make it better. Yeah, and I but guess... But when they get there, they find out, oh, she's fine, even if I... And you think about it a little bit. Even if they got there, what would they have done? Yeah. They could... I mean, all they could have done is spent time with her. Well, which, the... in a sense, that could make things better. But at the same time, it's like, what are you going to do? You you can't do anything because mm-hmm. you don't have a medical license or the expertise to do yeah, anything Yeah, you're a child. Well, it's and hard. I realized, too, the letter, the telegram had said their mom was supposed to come home. That's what it was. She was going to come for a visit, and they were all excited. And the letter said, no, she's sicker. She can't come. Yeah. And then they took it as, oh, my God, she's dying. Yeah. And which, as a child, you just don't understand things. It's, like, yeah. dramatic. And kind of that's something kind of to come forward with what I got here. It's it's as a child, as children in this movie, they're discovering all these new emotions and ideas and ways to handle things. Coping. Coping, and it's a lot of it's definitely one of those like they learn how to they have coping mechanisms that throw in there. Like you said, and that's kind of I feel like that's what Totoro is and the spirits are. Mm-hmm. They're coping mechanisms, like like you said, they are 
there are ways for them to deal with the grief of not having their mother with them all the time, like they're normally used to. Mm-hmm. That's kind of something it's comfort. I guess, it's comfort, yeah. It's I like mean, an imaginary I think, friend. And I think everybody goes to at some point whenever they lose somebody, um, or say, maybe not just through death. Or life changes. Or just I life mean, changes. Like and you, kids, and you, yeah, like, I mean, it's just like friends, even. You know, mm-hmm. like maybe your friends move away and you, you don't or talk your parents to them as much. get divorced. That's a thing that can be really hard for kids to get yeah. through. I feel like this movie would help help any child. Oh yeah. Get to, Kind of have to learn, learn. I know to learn that you have to learn that you have to learn to be able to cope with the things. Maybe not always like what's going on because I don't think anybody could ever like what happens uh, in your life. Always, you just have to learn how to deal with it, and it's the hardest thing I think that people have nowadays is learning how to deal with it mm-hmm. and and learn how to deal with it constructively. Well, and I think sadly we have, in a way, technology has made that harder for us because we're used to click there it is I get what I want click 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 like I can look up anything I want right now and it gives you a false idea that life should be that way like if I want it it should happen now instant gratification and it's Mm -hmm. like that's not it's not healthy and it's not realistic for most people kind of going with that that's kind of like anybody and that's a very big theme in, in Miyazaki's films is simpler times simplicity and I think Sim- that's one reason I like it so much because I you know it's, me it's I true. really avoid looking at my phone and it, the happier you know the less I look at my phone the happier I am it's true honestly it causes, it causes a lot of stress technology it's it's a huge help it's a tool it's a great but tool that's what it but is. it causes so much more stress mm-hmm. so which is it's, just, it's, it's, it's a double edged sword it really is it's kind of like time. opening Pandora's box a little bit. It's like you get every, oh, yeah. you get everything you want, but at the same time you get everything you don't want at the same time. Oh yeah. Well, and that that'd be a whole different topic. So that's not absolutely get on that train. But um, that's that's a re- definitely a recurring theme in all of his films. Is simplicity. simplicity. But, um, I would say that. So to wrap up, um, what are your overall feelings? Obviously, I'm pretty sure most of everybody knows, <laughs> knows what, my feelings. How, how are you going to feel about this? But but in a Sentence or two. Let's let's oh, hear what gosh. you feel. About. Okay. Well, um, I absolutely love this movie. I'd that is my go-to comfort movie, and it's. I mean, I would just say for me, that's like the ideal way I would want to look at life, and there's so much beauty in it, um, and it's something that I would love to share with everybody. Is just just appreciate the beauty of what this film is, and. Mm-hmm. Like what a family is, what simpler times look like and could look like if you make a choice to live that way. And um, just reminds me of being a child, that with the imaginary friends and just the beauty of nature and then the fantasy worked in. That's definitely more than a sentence. But anyway, I, I love it. I should it's never give you a quote on how many words you're allowed to say. No, if you it's are a Miyazaki film, always <laughs> do more. Sorry. Your turn. That's my turn? Okay. Yeah, what are your thoughts? Um, my thoughts on it, uh, just overall for feelings, is obviously um, it's one of those great masterpieces that doesn't come along. It comes along once every, you know, 20 Once years, in a blue moon. Once every 20 years or so that you just don't see coming. And on top of it, it's a medium that I thoroughly enjoy. I love animation um, way more than any live action thing that I have ever seen because you can do so much more and on top of it given that there is this 
he wasn't legendary at the time, but he is an he is a he is now a legend. Oh but yeah. He just he he's like such an amazing creative mind, and he was able to put forth this heartfelt story behind mm-hmm. it, and he was able to share it with everybody. Um, that is just one of those things that you don't like. I said you don't get to see every every all the time, and the fact that I was able to learn about it from you, from him, mm-hmm. you know. That's it was one of the big game changers in life, and that's why I really hope is at some point, whenever um, our kid gets big enough, I want to sit him down. I want to let him watch this with us because mm-hmm. I think he'll. I think he will thoroughly enjoy it. I I, I, I can't think. I can't see how he won't. <laughs> honestly, um, but just for the simple fact that he put it put it in the world, it's just an amazing thing, and I just want to mm-hmm. say thank you. Uh, doubt he's ever gonna listen to this, but thank you, Hayao Miyazaki, Hayao Miyazaki, Miyazaki um, San, Miyazaki San. I, I think know. I might be saying, yeah, I don't know I don't if that's formal or not, but thank you yeah, so much. Yeah, definitely formal, formal sir. to him. Um, <laughs> it's one of those great things, and I just want to thank you. Uh, keep doing this as long as you can. That's please, all I ask. Please, I think the the big like the bottom line for me is you can tell when someone is truly passionate oh about God, something yes. when something comes from their heart and soul and being you feel it in exactly. as a human being like with a soul and a heart and a being you feel it and i think that that's what he did with this movie especially when i read about the background that it was his childhood story and i think that that's why it resonates with so many people it's as like we feel one, it it's like, like said, that's him like, like that one, is his one passion. One million people find exactly what they're meant for, and that they're and able they, to share it, and they're and they can do it well on top of that. Mm-hmm. Like no, hardly anybody is able to do that, mm-hmm. and he was just able to do that. Yeah, to make that film. connection, it's just, it's just perfect. So. Mm-hmm. Amen. I agree. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> can we do a sing along? Amen. Probably not. No, no, not definitely. Definitely a different tone than uh, uh, "Spirits in the Wood" kind of thing. But yes. Anyways, guys, um, Jackie, thank you for joining us today. Um, I hope to get you guys back in here again. Um, get you back in here again. I hope I don't know if we're gonna do another Mizaki film uh, immediately after mm-hmm. this. We might take a little break and kind of do them sporadically here and there. Um, but uh, we will see. Uh, we might do. Uh, another video game or maybe a comic book next time i don't know we're gonna we're gonna kind of take a look a bit look look into it and see what we can dig up um because definitely uh we've already kind of hit a spatter a smattering of things we've done we did a a movie franchise the first week and second week we did a, a video game this week we're doing anime so like i said guys we do everything and everything nerd related um, if you guys have any suggestions, just let us know. And like I said, we will try and get involved, uh, get the ball rolling on that. So, again, thanks for joining me, Jackie. And uh, let's get out of here. You guys have a wonderful day. Thanks for coming by. If you're interested in keeping up to date with new episodes on our channel, add us on any of your favorite podcasting apps or subscribe to our YouTube channel at Seriously Pointless Conversations. If you have questions or concerns, please email us at Seriously pointless convo at gmail.com. We appreciate any feedback. Thank you for listening to our show.